my Venetian, said Jem Benson, still looking out of the window. It's not a bad thing for you, Wilfred, that you have the doorposts and dinners and friends. Mr. Carr grunted in his turn. Seriously, though, Jem, he said slowly, you're a lucky fellow, a very lucky fellow. If there's a better girl above ground than Olive, I should like to see her. Yes, said the other quietly. She's such an exceptional girl, continued Carr, staring out of the window. She's so good and gentle. She thinks you are a bundle of all the virtues, he laughed frankly and joyously, but the other man did not join him. Strong sense of right and wrong, though, continued Carr musingly. Do you know, I believe that if she found out that you were not... Not what? demanded Benson, turning upon him fiercely. Not what? Everything that you are, returned his cousin with a grin that belied his words. I believe she'd drop you. Talk about something else, said Benson slowly. Your pleasantries are not always in the best taste. Wilfred Carr rose, and taking a cue from the rack, bent over the board and practised one or two favourite shots. The only other subject I can talk about just at present is my own financial affairs, he said slowly as he walked round the table. Talk about something else, said Benson again, bluntly. And the two things are connected, said Carr. And dropping his cue, he half sat on the table and eyed his cousin. There was a long silence. Benson pitched the end of his cigar out of the window, and leaning back, closed his eyes. Do you follow me? said Carr at length. Benson opened his eyes and nodded at the window. Do you want to follow my cigar? he demanded. I should prefer to depart by the usual way for your sake, returned the other unabashed. If I left by the window, all sorts of questions would be asked, and you know what a talkative chap I am. So long as you don't talk about my affairs, returned the other, restraining himself by an obvious effort. You can talk yourself hoarse. I'm in a mess, said Carr slowly. A devil of a mess. If I don't raise fifteen hundred pounds by this day fortnight, I may be getting my board and lodging free. Would that be any change? questioned Benson. The quality would, retorted the other. The address also would not be good. Seriously, Jem, will you let me have the fifteen hundred? No, said the other simply. Carr went white. It's to save me from ruin, he said thickly. I've helped you till I'm tired, said Benson, turning and regarding him. And it's all to no good. If you've got in a mess, get out of it. You should not be so fond of giving autographs away. It's foolish, I admit, said Carr deliberately. I won't do so any more. By the way, I've got some to sell. You needn't sneer, they're not my own. Whose are they? inquired the other. Yours. Benson got up from his chair and crossed over to him. What is this? he asked quietly. Blackmail. Call it what you like, said Carr. I've got some letters for sale. Price, fifteen hundred pounds. And I know a man who wants to buy them at that price for the mere chance of getting olive from you. I'll give you first offer.
If you've got any letters bearing my signature, you will be good enough to give them to me, said Benson very slowly. They're mine, said Carr lightly, given to me by the lady you wrote them to. I must say that they're not all in the best possible taste. His cousin reached forward suddenly and, catching him by the collar of his coat, pinned him down on the table. Give me those letters, he breathed sticking his face close to his cousin's. They're not here, said Carr, struggling. I'm not a fool. Let me go or I'll raise the price.